Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night refire service. Praise the Lord. I have a message for you tonight. I pray God just put this on my heart and that you receive it tonight. The title of my, my message tonight is Trust in the Truth. And my desire is to show you why we need to trust in the Lord and the truth of his word. When the Holy Spirit of truth, which is what Jesus said he was going to send, makes the word alive in your spirit and your heart, then trust becomes alive within us. The revelation truth of God's word is the beginning of all truth. According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, revelation is a noun meaning one, an act of revealing or communicating divine truth, something that is revealed by God to humans. Second one is an act of revealing to view or making known by something that is revealed, especially an enlightening or astonishing disclosure, shocking revelations, a pleasant, often enlightening surprise. You know, I love to just share that with you from that because it oftentimes is a surprise when God reveals the truth of his word. Have you ever written, written, have you ever read a scripture and you've read it a thousand times and then that one more time that you read it, all of a sudden it comes alive. It's like a surprise to your heart. It just bursts forth and becomes alive within you. That's what God's word does. It becomes alive when the truth is known to us. In Ephesians chapter 1, 7 through 14, in the New King James Version, that's Ephesians 1, 7 through 14. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him, in him also we have attain, obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Yeah, I just want to say this to you. Whenever I read that verse and whenever I think about those verses, first of all, looking at how he reveals his grace 
through the gospel as we hear it. That's the first revealing from the Spirit in our hearts that we need a Savior. But then he goes on to say that it brings forth greater revelation and he seals us in his Spirit. To be sealed in the Spirit means that we're supposed to be untouchable by the things of the world and by the things of the enemy. We're supposed to be so tightly sealed in the Holy Spirit that nothing can break or rip open that seal around us. And why do we need the word of truth? Because that reinforces that seal. You know, years ago I did a message and I went and bought a little package of some kind that came from, a, of all places, it came from a uh, roadside market. And it had one of those packs that you buy in the store that unless you know the secret to it, which is scissors or a knife, you can't open. That's what we're supposed to be. We shouldn't be able to be opened within the Holy Spirit seal. His seal is to say, this is mine. It has his stamp upon it that nobody can break that seal off of our body or off of our mind or off of our spirit. And why we need to continue in the word is to reinforce that seal at all times. Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit brought us that seal in the spirit. We have been validated and certified as his precious people. And I got to tell you a little something about that. When I thought about that, being certified in the Spirit. You know, when you go and buy something, certain items have what they call a certificate of certification or validation. That means this is the true method or this is the true item. We're validated and certified in the Holy Spirit. We have that certificate that we carry with us all the time. What is the certificate of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit within us. The knowledge of the salvation of Jesus Christ. The knowledge and the hope and the assurance of who we are, what we are, and where we're going. You know, I don't have a problem ever saying to somebody, I am a child of the Most High God. Why? Because I'm certified by the Holy Spirit. I've been validated by him. And my salvation is secure, not because I say it is. It's because he says it is. His spirit gives me the truth in my spirit that I belong to him. And nothing is going to pull me aside from that or pull me away from that. That's the certification we ought to have. That's the validation we ought to have in our hearts. That's what the Holy Spirit does within us. He awakens us to that. Why? Because we trust in the truth. And something that's been really hammering on me is how many people walk around in relative truth. They relate their truth to other people and other items. I hear it many, many times. Okay, I, oh yeah, I, I know I should do this, but you know, this person does this and it was okay. No. The truth is, is it right before God? 
If it's not right before God and right in his word, it doesn't matter what other people do. What is your spirit telling you from the Holy Spirit? Is he leading you into fullness in him? Or is your spirit caught up in things of the world? Are you one foot in and one foot out? You know, and God's very clear about that. We have to listen to, abide by, and grow in his vine in the truth. That's one of the things that I really get caught up in myself, okay? The Holy Spirit was the perfect guarantee that what the Father promised would be true and completed in the believers. And Jesus said in John 14, 15 through 20 in New King James, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. At day, that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. You know, I just want to tell you real quick, when you live in that and you allow that intimacy in the spirit to come into you and you press into that intimacy, you know him. You'll recognize him. You'll hear him when he speaks to you. You won't listen to another voice. There's many voices out here in the world. It's an amazing thing to me. How people listen to so many different voices. You know, I'm blessed in one way, and I got to tell you this. It's a curse in some ways, but it's a blessing in others. Okay? I have really bad natural hearing because of the lifestyle that I've had being around lab things for many years. I wear hearing aids in both ears. And I'm good when I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody. But if I'm in a room where there's a lot of conversation going on in different areas, I've learned because of this that I have to tune on one voice and push all the others aside. They're there. They're murmuring in the background. Unless they really get loud and start shouting, they don't overwhelm me. And that's why sometimes when I'm listening to somebody, I'll actually turn my head to this side towards them a little more because this year is better than this year. But it really gives me an example. There's a lot of noise going on in the world, okay? There's noise from the news. There's noise from this person, from that person, from all kinds of places, but we have to learn to tune 
into that spiritual voice of Almighty God and listen for him. You know, one of these scriptures that I really love and I've listened to and I've read for years and I've really held on to is John 10, 1 through 5 in the New King James Version, which says, but the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Because of the trust that we have in Jesus that he's instilled into our hearts, we literally have to ignore every voice that is contrary to his around us and listen for his voice. You know, when I read that and I read that and it really came alive in me a number of years ago and every time I reread it, it really grabs my heart. It just, it just comes into me again. He leads his sheep and we willingly follow him because we know his voice. Every other voice we should rebel from and it should repel us, not draw us near. That's why sometimes I look at people and say, you know, stop listening to the news because the news is entrapping you. It's pulling you away from his voice. Stop listening to things that aren't good for you. You know, we have a saying that we use many times, eat meat and spit bones. I have people who walk up to me, what do you think about this preacher? Oh, he's good. What do you think about that preacher? Well, I don't know, what are you asking me? Well, I heard him say, well, if you heard something like that and you're mature enough, spit that bone out if it wasn't lined up with the word of God. And if you're not, do what I've done in the past. Stop listening. Click. That's the great thing about electronics now. You can listen to a podcast. Somebody teaches something good, you're listening to it, and all of a sudden they say something 180 degrees out from what the Word of God says. At that point, I have two choices. Actually, I have three. One, I can shut it off. Two, I can say, well, okay, the rest of his message is really great. This one point, I'm not really going to follow because it doesn't line up with the Word of God. And three, I could sit down and start to criticize him. Oh, do you know what a man of God he isn't? Oh, do you know how bad this is? That's not my place. My place is to pray for him, that the word of God comes alive in him as it's come alive in many of us. You know, that's just a little side note. That is not in my notes, okay? But I just want you to say, we ought to be longing to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to what he says as the Holy Spirit leads us. 
as I read my Bible, that's how I go into reading my Bible. I picture myself sitting at the feet of the master as he's teaching. And it doesn't matter who wrote it. What matters is it's the word of truth. And that's from Genesis right on through to Revelation. It's the word of truth. There's not one jot or tittle in the word of God that was not written by God. It was penned by man, but it's God's word. It is the ultimate truth of life. That's why I love the little saying, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. It was God revealing himself and his will to us. And boy, when I start to read it, that's the way I read it. When I listen to it, that's the way I listen. Just like if I'm sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. And I trust him fully, and that's what we need to do. I put it that way because I can only speak for the trust that I have. But we need to trust him completely. If his word says it, that's the truth. The rest of the stuff is all the world. It doesn't really matter for anything. And Christ's truth will give you hope and remind you of the blessed promises in him. You know, I go through this with people a lot of times. And I'm, again, personally, that's what brought me into the place of even after the tragedy that happened in my life. And that was just one tragedy. There's been several. And every time it's been the word of God that has brought me back to the place of even in him. When I hear people all of a sudden, they start this reasoning thing. Well, maybe God did this because, and maybe God did that because. Let me just explain something to you, okay? And I want to make this really clear to you, and I pray you can receive it from the heart that it's coming from. God has never done anything evil or of an evil attempt. He's never tempted anyone. He's never caused calamity to anyone. Yeah, but, but I read in the Old Testament that he said that he brought this against the Israelite people. Right, but read the verses before that. What did he say? If you had obeyed me, these things wouldn't have happened. It wasn't that he brought them. It was that he took his covering off that they could happen. Yeah, but now I read in my Bible where it says, well, God brought an evil spirit. Don't take the translators above God's word. God cannot tempt anyone, nor can he be tempted. In fact, at the only point that I know that he said it, 
He said to Moses that he was going to wipe out the people and start over again. And Moses said, you can't. You're a covenant-keeping God. And it says that God repented of that. Why? Because somebody called him back to his covenant. Every once in a while, we've got to remind ourselves, we have a covenant-keeping God. He doesn't cause these temptations. He doesn't cause calamities. The Holy God, the Word of God, written in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, is that kind of truth. 2 Corinthians 3.3 in the New Living Translation, clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. You know, remember, the Ten Commandments were on stone. I don't know if you realize this, but the Ten Commandments were actually put on stone twice. The first time they were put on stone, Moses came down from the mountain. The people were worshiping a calf that they had made from gold, and he got so aggravated and so angry that he smashed the Ten Commandments. I can't even imagine what Moses must have thought after that anger took him over and he threw them on the ground and stood there looking at it and said, I just smashed the Word of God. But God, being gracious, wrote them a second time for him. And those were preserved. How much more valuable now are we in the sight of God with the commands of God written in our hearts? And it wasn't the Ten Commandments that were written. It was the New Commandment that was written Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those were the commandments that were written. If we do those, we fulfill them all. And we can do those under the Holy Spirit's leading and according to the truth. There's a choice every day to believe in false things of the world or in God's word. And my question to you is, did God send his word to prepare you? You know, take a moment. Ask yourself that in your quiet time. Really, do I personally trust Jesus and his word, the word of God, in every situation in my life? You know what? If you're like me, there's situations where you don't. Because we're human. There's times when we find ourselves and we're, we're just in that point and things come and all of a sudden it's like you stop yourself in the middle of it. I've gotten to that point. I stop myself in the middle of it and go, mm, Holy Spirit, help me to trust fully in that word. Help me to trust God above my feelings. I don't know about anybody else, but every once in a while I get my feelings hurt. When I get my feelings hurt, I want to respond emotionally 
and I'm learning more and more to take time to process, to step back, to be quiet, and to let the Lord lead me back into truth, lead me back into his spirit. The word says in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, again in the King, New King James, I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brother and my countrymen according to the flesh who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom according to the flesh Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. And you know, Paul wrote those words because he was grieved by the Hebrew people who he was a part of that they didn't receive the truth for themselves. But he also knew there were those that were going to receive it at that time. You know, we're really blessed. We who have received that and who trust in that, we are so blessed in it. But I don't look down on everybody else. Rather, I lift them up in prayer that their eyes be open and that their heart be alert, that they can receive the same gospel because it was meant for all of mankind. That truth was given to each and every one of us. Thank God the Holy Spirit came into our hearts and awakened us to that truth and brought us in that place. And God has never broken a covenant. He never broke a covenant with Moses, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Israel, Jesus, or us. He cannot. He cannot break a covenant. The covenant was sealed by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, that placed that seal on it forever. God was always a covenant-keeping God. But when he put the Holy Spirit within us, that was to say, I've now sealed this for all of eternity. You can trust in my covenant. You can trust in my word. And our complete trust needs to be strengthened to believe he is who he says he is and he will and has done what only he can. In Philippians 4.19 in New Living, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus you know, I get amazed in that very scripture because right now we look at the economy, we look at the supplies, we look at the price of gas, and I know it makes your heart fall. It grieves me too. But every time I pull into the gas station, I pull in with the same statement in my mind. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He knows what I need to get back and forth to work. He knows what I need to get my 
my calories in during the day, and unfortunately I sometimes get a few too many. He knows what I need for my health. He knows how to provide it. You know, I rode by a gas station this morning on my way here, and I'm looking at one gas station. I go, okay, the price of gas is going up again. And I see a line at the gas station, people waiting to get it a little cheaper. And I'm kind of like, well, that only puts it off for maybe a few days. Then you're going to need to buy gas at the next price. You know what, Lord? You supply my needs according to your riches and glory. I'll get gas later if I need it, or tomorrow, or the next day because you know what I need and you'll make the provision. You'll provide the way. And that's just one item. But that's the way we should be walking through our lives. My God is a covenant keeping God. He'll supply. And the truth of the world has become very heavy and the world's truth changes day by day incident by incident, and moment by moment. But Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 in the Amplified C, classic, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened by religious rituals to provide no peace, and I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, for you will find rest, renewal, blessed quiet for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. And I remember an old soap opera used to start like the sands of time going through the hourglass. They were trying to indicate shifting sands. Well, we know something from the word of God. There were two men that built houses, one built on rock, one built on sand. Those on sand are going to tumble and fall. Those built on rock are going to stand. Well, who's the rock? I love this. Who's the rock? And we know Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the rock. He's where the solid foundation of God is built. He's the one the living God, the living word. And if we build on that, we shall never tumble. In Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 in the New King James, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Right now in our world, many are being tossed about by the news, by winds, by changes toward darkness. Even some who are very electing God are being pulled aside. And Ephesians 4.14 in the New King James Version warned us of this, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting 
This is the very thing Jesus has prepared us for, to stand in the midst of impending darkness in an evil age and against the powers of spiritual wickedness. He has warned us things would become tough, trying, and mankind would call evil good and good evil. If we're not seeing that, I don't know when we will. But he told us, trust in him, for he has overcome the world. In John 16, 33, he said this in the New King James. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In 1 Corinthians 12, 6, and there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. And in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'm going to tell you something. Now is the time to draw into that trust in him. Now is the time to allow the Holy Spirit to come alive in you like never before. Now is the time as things are growing darker and they're only going to get darker from here in this world. And I thank God every single day for John 17 and Jesus's prayer where he said, Lord, I don't pray that you take them out of the world. I pray that you protect them from the world. That was reminding us of that seal that was coming. It hadn't arrived yet in John 17, but we have it. We live in it. We stand in it every single day. That needs to be the light that leads us to his word. I pray that you got something out of this tonight. I pray that I spoke to you. I just wanted to combine the time in Pentecost that we're in, but also the trust that we need to build in Almighty God and his word. And Father, I thank you for this night. Thank you for this message. Lord, I bless you, Father, for watching over your people and sealing us in the Holy Spirit. If there be anyone here tonight, whether, Lord, they're right here or they're online, that you don't know him, that you're not trusting him, then first, I pray for them. Lord, the ones that believe that, Lord, they open their heart to you like never before and become intimate with you. And now, if there's anyone here in the sound of my voice that you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that you've never asked him into your heart, you've never been sealed in the Holy Spirit, then tonight is your night. If you would just pray this simple prayer with me, the word of God makes it clear. It should be on the screen in back of me. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again and you call on his name, you shall be saved by believing in your heart that you are born again. And it's by speaking in your mouth that it becomes reality. So if you would just pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart, to be my Lord,
to be my Savior. I want you, Lord, far above anything in my entire life. Lord, I thank you that you guaranteed me that to be born again in you, I needed to believe. And that if I did, and I called on you, the Holy Spirit would live within me. And I thank you for that gift tonight. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that I am yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining. Thanks for watching this service. Thanks for just digging into the word for yourself. And Father, now I bless your people. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail, that they are above only and not beneath, that in all their ways and endeavors, they are blessed. I thank you, Lord, that you have made us to be <laughs> greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved in all your ways. And I praise you for this now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. God bless you, and have a great night.